Hi everyone, welcome to episode 13 of the Mind Blown Zone. This one is called Resistance to Conspiracy Reality. It's going to be a really good one. Mm -hmm. Here with Brad, how are you, Brad? Never better. How's it going on your end, Matt? I hear you're having a, a fun uh, hailstorm there today. Yeah, I mean, we've had a couple of attempts at recording this podcast, but interrupted by golf ball-sized hail pounding <laughs> on the roof directly above me. <laughs> That's, so, that's, that's uh, stopped for now. Crazy, man. Hopefully all those cars are in garages. Uh, that's a story for another time, but I would say not exactly, unfortunately. <laughs> but you ready for this? Let's do it. Okay, so here's the intro. So anyone who has ever tried to enlighten a friend or family member about a conspiracy reality, you know, something that they call a conspiracy theory, but it's just like, uh, here's a reality. You just don't know about it yet. They'll notice that the friend or family member resists. They're like, no, can't be true because this, can't be true because that. Most of the time. All right. So we've covered reasons why they resist. We've covered belief in printing and that they have this particular belief about how things are that's from childhood. You have to go watch the, the podcast for that. Put another one called Blind Trust and Authority. Same deal. And we've got Herd Mentality. Just check out those earlier podcasts. And now we're covering a very specific objection that has been made possible because of those three causes, right? So this is a kind of symptom of those underlying ones. And it is, they say, if what you're saying is true, then that would mean that a huge body of people is lying to us and there are evil people feeding lies into our institutions. Uh, and that, that is kind of like a metaphysically damning prospect, something that's like scary to consider. So people feel this and they're like, that, that, that's scary. And so they literally just go straight into not denial and say, oh, there can't be true. And they'll come up with a lot of reasons like, oh, this reason, that reason. But like this thing here, this fear of that reality is a... Uh, underlying thing so this podcast episode is for people teaching their friends and family how to deal with that and it's for people to coming for who are coming to terms with the objection uh and it's going to help change the seeming implication of powerlessness into a great opportunity what do you reckon brad awesome yeah that's the idea you know we, i don't know that we put it in the outline but i wanted to just throw in here in the intro area that you know, becoming aware of conspiracy theories is kind of a gateway to truth. And it's not so much that, that, that there's, you know, great benefit in deep diving into these things for weeks, months, years at a time. But once you get the gist of the fact that we aren't exactly being told the truth on innumerable subjects, uh, it's, it gets you, people to reconsider reality and reconsider their life and reconsider who and where and what they are. And uh, that's a powerful time for people and, you know, a great opportunity to obviously step up uh, in their the amount of power that they have and how much they can take back that they were giving away prior to. So I just want to throw that in there. And just to confirm, you can't hear my microphone picking up the rain and hail pounding on the window two meters to my left. Not a peep. Okay. And the okay. noise suppression software is working well all right excellent okay so shall we go into the examples 
Yeah. So I think the first one we picked here is uh, obviously the COVID scamdemic. There's really no other word for it. Uh, and I uh, will do a future broadcast uh, podcast. Sorry on uh, what why nothing turned out to be true. We're not going to touch on that today, but in effect, what we were told a little over three years ago now is that there was a deadly killer virus uh, that was going to take over and travel all across the world. There's no way to stop it. And we were going to have to basically stop doing almost everything that was normal in our lives. Originally, for uh, two weeks to slow the spread, I believe, was what was asked of us. And then that turned into almost three years of some uh, pretty ridiculous rules and policies and mandates that hit unbelievably every country in the world, almost every country in the world. I suppose there were a handful that didn't get involved, but literally a handful. Most of them were probably in Africa, right? And this... You know, it's it sounded like the Black Plague was about to hit us, and that's certainly the way the media portrayed it. And the fright and scares and fears that went into the populace, I've never seen anything like it before in my life. So, right. and of course, there were a certain group of people, I don't know what percentage, 20%, 30% maybe, that didn't buy some, most, or all of what was being portrayed in the media and by our governments and by celebrities in Hollywood and everywhere, right? Everything, everybody in the popular mainstream realm was all uh, in harmony with this message. And there was obviously a, a subsection of the people who didn't buy it. And we were obviously a smaller percentage of the population, but we were immediately labeled uh, every negative connotation you can think of, including conspiracy theorists. And uh, this is kind of the, the basis for why we want to talk about this today, because there's nobody in the world who uh, wasn't, didn't take part in this and see it unfold and happen in this day and age. So it's the best example we can give. Anything you'd like to add? Yeah, I'm, I might just um, just add some more, yeah, just, just describe it a bit. So basically there was this narrative, right? The media, government, CDC, all these people, all the hospitals, all the nurses, all the doctors, all the people just going along with it. So, you know, it's like, oh, COVID, extreme lethality. You fall over in the streets and die because everyone saw that video from China. So they said that turned out to not be true. And they said, oh, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah we're going to do social distancing. We're going we're gonna to do lockdowns. Like, and if we do that, that'll help, right? Yeah, we'll wear this mask. That'll stop the virus. Oh, you're going to stop down. Stop businesses from operating. Uh, just, just, uh, but essential services. Uh, Walmart, yeah, that can stay open, right? Oh, and there's a vaccine. That was a very effective vaccine. Completely stops COVID, right? Oh, it doesn't completely stop COVID. It just almost stops all COVID. Ah, uh, you just won't die. Ah, uh, you won't get very sick. Uh, oh, it's not very effective at all, right? This is all the way. Just all these um, narrative things, and the conspiracy theorists were like. Well, that doesn't seem true. 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 But people objected. People who were going along with the mainstream narrative, they're like, oh, you're just a conspiracy theorist. Of course, what you're saying is not true because of this implication, right? Because of this objection 
that we're raising here, which is, you know, if what you're saying is true, then all of our doctors have been lied to. And there are some evil people in the highest positions of our medical institutions and government institutions and media institutions putting lies into the world, right? And that that's like a reality breakdown. Uh, so we're going to help people come to terms with that and explain deeper into that. Why don't you take it away, Brad? Oh, sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And key, I think one of the key things in all of this is that there were many, many voices online at the time, you know, social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, et cetera, that were questioning things. And almost in unison, these people started to be removed and suspended from these platforms. So in today's day and age, that's a dead giveaway that we're being lied to and the powers that are in control of these things do not want this information to spread. So they label it misinformation, but more importantly is that they silence the dissenting voices. And for me, that's any time this happens, I know that the people being silenced are right nowadays. I mean, it's been happening forever, but it's now become blatantly obvious. And so that with that dead giveaway, um, so what we have here is that we're suggesting that, yes, the entire thing was a hoax and a sham from top to bottom. And I don't feel, and I think Matt's on the same page with me here, that this isn't, we're not in a place anymore where you can just kind of drop some seeds with people and hope that they germinate and sprout in a couple of years. I think we're at a, we're at a place in time now where if people don't see what has happened, uh, then they're going to fall for the next scamdemic, whatever it might be. And, you know, it's going to be even more detrimental to their, uh, health and well-being than this one was. And this one already was. Uh, unfortunately caused a lot of harm for people. So that's why we're, I'm taking this something that I used to tiptoe around with, with, you know, friends and family and so forth in the past on various conspiracy theories. I I'm just straight and direct with this one when I speak to people, because I, I don't think that there's any more time to, uh, you know, think about it and wonder, try to figure it out. So I think some direct shots, uh, over people's bows are what uh, is needed at this stage. Um, Excellent. So we wrote down here. this keyword acceptance, right? So just to reiterate the uh, the reality breakdown fear again, and then Brad can talk about, well, accept this. It's If this were true, then all of our doctors have been lied to and there are some evil people in the highest position of these institutions putting lies out into the world. Scary. So... Can you talk on acceptance about that idea, bro? Well, sure. And we are suggesting that this is exactly what's going on, right? Our doctors aren't lying to us. They've been lied to, just like we've been lied to. And that can explain what's happened here. I think somewhere along the way, we talk about the Manhattan Project, but yeah, this is a a case of compartmentalization where the doctors don't have to know all the details. You know, our day-to-day -day primary care doctors don't know all the details uh, about these things. They just read what their authoritative officials say, and mm -hmm. they're going to go with that. They're going to trust that information, and they're going to pass that information on to us because we trust them. 
So I kind of covered those other two bullets, I think, Matt, uh, or what's that third one there? You're going to find this out for me as a warning. I don't understand. Oh, that I guess word. that's, uh, I guess it's meant to say from me. From us or something. Oh, I remember. Yeah. So we're saying today that, you know, either you can consider what we have to say today uh, and make some adjustments in your life, perhaps for whatever the next thing, the next current thing might be. It seems like they're trying to, to cook up some stuff here, or you're probably going to face some, you know, some direct negative impacts in your life if you continue to brush these things off as impossibilities or, you know, not possible for kind of the reasons we outlined above. Mm -hmm. What about uh, I think I could here? touch on doctors here. Like, I, I think mm -hmm. what people want to know is like, well, what's going on with doctors? Right. What, what, what's going on there? Why, if, if what you're saying is right, then you're saying doctors are wrong. And how could that be? Cause that couldn't be right. Cause doctors are the smart people. They have the degrees. They are the health experts. So what, how could it possibly be that they're wrong? Right. So the response that we've written down here is, uh, doctors by and large are intelligent women, meaning people who went into the field to help humanity. However, 99.99999 percent of doctors have no idea how virology works like they're the, your, your your local doctor or your physician didn't go and put some covid uh infected supposedly tissue under a microscope and look at it and be like oh yeah there's a virus it didn't happen right they're not like they don't have experiential wisdom about this or anything like that doctors are just getting notifications from their superiors you know from the state centralized information outlet and they say there's a deadly virus and here are the steps determined by the CDC, right? The top authority. And so doctors have this official standard of care that they have to follow uh, this these recommendations. So standard of care, treatment that is accepted by medical experts as a proper treatment for certain types of disease. And that is widely used by healthcare professionals, also called best practice, standard medical care and standard therapy, right? So doctors have so many things that they're supposed to know they're not like experiential experts on viruses it's like oh there's apparently there's a virus and well they just tell you right here's what you're meant to do do you want to say more yeah Brad? yeah just to be clear about this so that to you know doctors carry have to pay and carry a ton of insurance right for malpractice and mm -hmm. uh so that's a big burden on them you know we're talking like you know 50 to two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year insurance policies that they carry and anytime that they choose to break from the standard of care uh treatment that can render their insurance policy null and void if they do that so it's a high risk for them to not do whatever the official you know authorities are telling them to do so it's tremendous pressure. Not only that, but if if not if you don't go with the standard of care in today's medical system, you can lose your license. There's a board, you know, medical board in each state that can review your cases. And if you are not doing uh, regularly following the standards of care, you can completely lose your license. So two big financial incentives to uh, stick with what the the guys upstairs are telling you to do. Mm -hmm. Right. So the situation we have is that doctors aren't independently thinking for themselves anymore. You know, they're trained right. in government regulated, government sponsored 
uh, big farmer influenced institutions where they learn that narrative of health, right? And they're licensed, you know, it's a license, it's a government license to teach that stuff, right? And if they, they're suddenly going against what they're licensed to do, right? Which is basically prescribe and teach according to, you know, these expert institutions, well, they're going to lose their license, right? So they're not being like independent scientists and like getting microscopes and studying this COVID thing and like figuring it out and giving their independent advice. They're in a military structure where their experts tell them what they have to do and that's it. They have to do it, right? So that's how that, that system is working. Yeah, I forget the stats, but you know, I, re I remember seeing in like in the 1970s, like over 90% of doctors were independently employed, right? They ran their own business. And today it's, you know, so 10% worked for some type of corporate entity, right? Today it's exactly reversed almost. So 90% of doctors now work for another entity and only like 10% are independent. So that's just a rather stack of pressures is that you have someone to answer to, you know, uh, administrative boss somewhere who's reviewing your records and making sure you're going along to get along. All of this is a classic example of why centralization of power is always detrimental to humanity. Never fails. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very bad. Uh, so we come to the second part of the fear, which is that, well, okay, that, that must mean that like there's people above doctors putting out lies and teaching them to doctors, right? That's pretty confronting. So I've written here, you could only come to the conclusion. Yeah, exactly. Like if this conspiracy is true, you would you would only come to the rational conclusion that people in the highest places are lying to us, right? Well, wh why would they do that, Brad? Well, yeah, hold on. I want to back up. We missed a few bullets that are important, I think. So I think a couple of sure. things that also happened to our doctors is that um, the way that medical school, even college is structured, uh, even our primary education is structured uh, to not think for ourselves. And it's, in other words, to... to kind of take take uh, points away for people that are independent thinkers and to reward the non-critical thinkers that are very good at uh, regurgitating and spewing back information. So that gets rewarded all the way up through the system, such that when you get all the way up into the medical school, which is incredibly demanding, uh, you know, studying and memorizing and learning, they don't even have time to critically think. They're only, the only thing they can do and think about is memorizing all this information that's getting crammed into their brains and getting it right on tests. And that's kind of what the curriculum looks like such that all, so you think about that, you know, say most people, you know, don't even graduate from medical school until 26, 27, 28 years old. They've had a good 25 years of this non-critical thinking education such that when they go into the workplace, they take that with them uh, into the way that they interact with their clients. They're mm -hmm. not critically thinking. They're following whatever the textbooks are saying. Mm -hmm. I also wanted to make the point that, you know, our experts, just so we're all clear, we're no, you know, unless you do your own research and, and learn things, alternatives to some of these mainstream narratives, we're, we're just as duped as our doctors are. We don't know any better either. So we're all in the same boat when it comes to that. So we're just as, we're just as fooled as the doctors have been fooled on this subject. So hard for some people to realize, but that is in fact what we assert is going on. Anyway, bouncing forward. 
what you were talking about. Uh... The question was, okay, yeah, people would come to the conclusion that, well, there must be people in high positions trusted to tell the truth who are actually feeding lies in, into our institutions. And why would they do that? Well, yeah, that's, so that's, we'll do a whole video on that one someday. That, that's probably going to be a, a subscribe star Patreon video. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'll have to think about it a little bit, but let's just say we shouldn't think of it as this awful, horrible, negative, evil situation. Um, even though that's the knee jerk reaction most people want to have. Uh, but let's, I'll just suggest that, you know, in order to have the experience that we're having here, uh, part of it is having a balance of good and bad. And so somehow or another, some people have to be bringing the bad into the mix and that's part of it. Is that, is that enough said there on that one, Matt? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty high level. Uh, is there anything like relatable you might want to say to someone who's just like, well, I just don't understand it. You're saying people lying to us? Like what, what, like what, what, if, how do I deal with that? I'll just suggest that there, that, you know, the, the reality that we live in, it requires balance, right? Uh, we have a balance of, you know, day and night, up and down, left and right, and you know, all, all sorts of different examples we could give of there, there needs to be a balance. And one of those balances, unfortunately, as we might think, you know, from the top of our consciousness, uh, that balance also needs to be kept between good and evil. And if there wasn't a balance, then we would have a, we would be having a very different experience if there was not a balance in that realm. Some people may argue that, well, well, yeah, that'd be better if there was no evil and it was just all good. Yeah, I can agree to that in a sense, but then it would be a different, there would, there would be neither. I tell this to people all the time and they get really confused, right? So in order for there to be good, there has to be evil. If you get rid of the evil, then there's no good. Everything just is. Does that make sense, Matt? I say it to people and... They just shake their head and they say, well, no, everything would be good then. And uh, no, it wouldn't be good. There would be, if there's no opposite, then there's no way to define it. Right. So, well, be, this regardless is of the argument, regardless of the <laughs> argument, I think the interesting thing is that like, the question has led to a discussion of, you know, a metaphysical discussion, which is actually right. part of self discovery. Right. So, the, that's why this, this kind of stuff bridges you to self discovery. Right. It's like, you don't have to be like, well, what, that would mean that there's evil people ruling the world and, and controlling me and uh, I'm very angry about that. It's like, it's okay. Cause now you're thinking about things on a whole other level and that's empowering. Very empowering. And perhaps most empowering is that nobody can rule over you if you don't allow them to rule over you. Right. That's how powerful you are, but perhaps They're the first ruling step. over the people who are seeking to be ruled over by delegating their mind to someone and have them think for them. Yeah, it's a, you get into a big chicken and egg question mark problem, right? Do, are, do we <laughs> yeah. did, did we give up our authority because there were people ruling over us, or did the people rule over us because we were giving up our authority, or did they take it away and you go back and forth on? how it all worked and 
we'll do we'll do a podcast on that someday. Not for today's yeah. discussion. So suffice it to say that you have to be uh, uh, at least concerned about the idea that some people in very high places uh, don't have our best interest in mind. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's go deeper into that because the next uh, level conspiracy reality would be the corrupt government and corrupt institutions conspiracy reality. So here's the summary of the conspiracy. Uh, general level is... Well, actually, you, you gave this interesting one where you gave first, like you ease, ease them into it by getting them to admit that like one particular person, I don't think we need to name names in this, but you could maybe do it abstract and point to some, just get them to imagine one particular person and admit that they are corrupt and do that thing where you m- must say, oh, therefore this group is corrupt, therefore the whole thing. Do you want to do that? I'm trying to do that. Yeah, so the basic idea is is that it, I guess it a lot depends on what party a person identifies with, right? Because they'll be less likely to agree that someone from their party is corrupt, but they're happy to point out the corruption of somebody from the opposite party. And you know, it's kind of rare when you find, even though there are a lot more of them today than there ever were, it's rare to find people who do the reverse, right? Or, or, or willing to say, yeah, that person from this party. My party and that person from the party I'm against are both corrupt. So it's kind of rare. But yeah, so the, the basic idea is if, if you know, we the people know that that person is, is corrupt, then we can, we can be certain that the, you know, the party that, that they represent is also has to be corrupt, right? Of course, because of course they're going to know. That, you know yeah. and if I'm just a regular old guy, internet surfer guy, and I've figured out that such and such a person is corrupt, then it's certain that the you know the big parties uh, certainly are aware that they're corrupt, and that of course then obviously that makes the government has to know they're corrupt, so they got to be corrupt because they've got the intelligence age, they've got every last little bit of data on every everything everybody's ever done, right. so they're gonna know, and that means that and if the media doesn't tell us about this right, they don't we have to find this out on our own through all these alternative independent channels then they must be cover informed so they must be corrupt you can't it can't be any other way can it right i mean at a minimum i, I really like that chain of logic at a minimum if they weren't then then they would be bringing these things to our attention well there's there's a lot of information going around about such and such a politician that's corrupt right and we want to we're going to give you we're going to give you what they're saying about that person and they would go through the list of whatever reasons why a lot of people think that person is corrupt and then they would take the time to say well here's the here's the alternative to that is that and then they would give you know obviously reasons why they thought those uh reasons that they were corrupt aren't true so you would you would they would mm-hmm. talk about it and open up about it in the media right anyway that's kind of but a none of this happens that never happens. Right. It's a dead giveaway. I mean, and we're right. talking like, you know, high level politicians here that a lot of people think are corrupt. And the fact that the media yeah. never touches those stories should tell you all you need to know. Right. That's when you're like, whoa, cabal? Guess it's real. Yeah. Uh, I, we, we just put a little note here. I think it's worth saying uh, we're not Republicans and we're not Democrats. Like, we're neither of those. Uh, we're not, we're outside of that. <laughs> that thing, whatever that is, the right versus left thing and supporting uh, that, this group of politicians over that politicians. We're just uh, examining the facts in general. 
Uh, but let's take a look at this uh, recent things that have turned out to be true in government. Uh, do, do you want to run through them? You're more familiar with me than me, Brad, because I don't really watch this stuff that much anymore. Well, sure. So, I mean, the most recent thing I think, uh, you know, came out last week that the uh, House Intelligence Committee or whatever, Oversight Committee, just found all of this incredible incriminating information about basically everybody in the Biden family that's that's doing deals with China and Ukraine and all these foreign nationals. They got all these shell companies and they got these millions and millions and millions of dollars that have come to them. And these shell companies that they run, nobody knows what they do, right? They don't, they don't produce a product or a service or anything. It's just a, you know, an LLC that's been made to funnel money. So, you know, it, and it's, you know, it's Hunter Biden and Biden's brother and Biden's daughters. And it, it's the whole list of people in the Biden family. It's easier to name the people who didn't take all these kickbacks and you know, tens of millions of dollars have been moving around. And obviously this is our Congress, right? The head of our, of the oversight committee that put this information out last week. And the only thing the media has said about it so far is that none of it has anything to do with the president. If, if you could almost believe that, I mean, apparently some people can believe that, uh, but there's apparently no incriminating documents that tie Joe Biden to all the act activity of the, you know, pay for play, pay for in influence money that's coming to all his, you know, sons and daughters and brothers and uncles and everybody else. So, uh, it's, you know, that doesn't strain credulity that snaps credulity, but that's the media narrative right now. So do that, do with that what you will. Uh, and then the week before was the, the Durham report, the much, uh, awaited Durham report came out with very little fanfare. But, you know, you can sum it up and basically says that, uh, that Trump had nothing to do with Russia. There was no collusion. If anything, the collusion was with the other side of the fence that set up the all the Russia collusion subterfuge to get the FBI and the DOJ investigating everybody. But completely exonerated Trump and made the media and everybody else look horrible. And the media didn't cover it at all. So as far as people that are tied to the media goes, they still think Russia colluded with, uh, Trump colluded with Russia. How about that? And, you know, lastly, I think probably the biggest thing that's been going on is, of course, this FBI stuff. And it's been on a number of fronts uh, from January 6th. Tucker Carlson's talked about it. You know, they went after the mothers that were fighting back in schools they seem to be uh, going after anybody who is attempting to challenge the dominant narrative going on right now on a hundred different subjects, such that it's gotten to a place now where people are actually saying, we, you can't fix this thing. You, you, there's no like getting rid of a couple of the top leaders and you know making things better. The, the whole, many people are now saying you just need to wipe out the whole bureau completely. So... Some pretty big, high-level stuff happening just in the last month, and that uh, it should be interesting, if nothing else, that the media is treating none of all of these things like they're no big deal. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, well, uh, so when you're confronted with all that stuff, if you're not deeply uh, immersed in it, I suppose, or not even immersed in it at all, then you're you're going to be like, wait, so th this is all implying. But the government is corrupt. 
like, isn't the government what I pay taxes to, to, and they're like in charge of like making society good. Isn't that how it works? Like that's, <laughs> I thought those people, the politicians, don't they say they're going to do things and then they help us and the media, they're like, keep us informed. Right. So, I mean, that's a reality breakdown, right? So people go straight into denial. You know, they, they think that they're like saying all these like rational objections, but they're not saying rational objections. They're just in denial and they're just like throwing out stuff to see what protects their fragile worldview. Right. Right. Um, so uh, I was going to say something in extension to that, but I kind of slipped my mind. So why don't you just continue, Brad? So our next section here is that, you know, the conspiracy theorists, which none of us really ever thought we were, we, we consider ourselves conspiracy realists or factualists, you know, have been saying these things for years, even decades. But, you know, this objection that all we, we've, you've talked about it twice already, and we've, we've come full circle around to it again, that, that their reaction is if what you're saying is true, then, you know, thousands and tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of people in these institutions have to be in on it. And that's right. what stops people from stepping, making, making the leap forward. And I don't see it coming up here, so I'm going to throw it out here now. Uh, but is this idea of compartmentalization. Mm -hmm. And most people are at least familiar with the uh, Manhattan Project we had here in the United States. And it was in the 1940s during World War II where there, I think it was 60 or 70,000 people were, uh, you know, military contractors working in Los Alamos, New Mexico, which is the middle of nowhere for those of you who've never been out that way. And it's basically in the high desert in New Mexico. And they were working on the atomic bomb or the nuclear bomb. But out of those 60 or 70,000 people, like, like less than 10 knew what they were actually doing. So mm -hmm. all these other people were working on, you know, who knows what, you know, metal fabrication and casing and ball bearings and switches and timers and who knows what, what everybody was working on. But they all had their little piece of this atomic bomb that they had to work on. But they didn't know that it was for an atomic bomb. So this is the best example I have. I just call it, this is why I defer and say that this compartmentalized, compartmentalization idea is where... Only the people at the very top know what's really going on. They give instructions to their, you know, next level of people and they, they know some of the things that are going on, but then, you know, let's call those the, you know, the directors or the, or the vice presidents, but then, you know, the managers down to the next level are only told what they, what they need to know. And they don't know, you know, 10% of what the, the guys at the top know. And then, then of course they distribute their orders to, you know, the regular working people who go out and mm -hmm. do whatever they're told to do. They have no idea what the bigger picture, bigger plan is. And I just suggest this to people all the time is that this is the way all these conspiracies are operating is that only people at the highest levels really know what's happening. And it's you know, hard mm -hmm. to believe that these things can be compartmentalized that way, but this is the way it works in my estimation. Any comments on that? Yep. Well, I just think it's pretty spot on. Uh, I suppose that it, like, on one level, it tells you you don't have to completely lose your faith in humanity, that, like, every single member in all the institutions are, like, just against you, right? Right. They're mostly just duped, as we were. 
right? So you don't have to feel bad about, about it on that level. But, but it still implies that you do have to come to terms with, I think, what is an undeniable fact at the moment that people are putting out lies deliberately into the world. <laughs> what do you reckon about that? Uh, it's have to, They have to. Then it's nonstop. Right. And maybe one so, of the hardest things for people to, to grasp is that it's it's been going on since time immemorial. It didn't it didn't just start happening with COVID. Yeah, it didn't just start. Yeah. It's been going on. If, if people can come to grips with that possibility, just that one possibility, that maybe we've been told quite a few lies my whole life. Uh, you know, you can't, humanity's consciousness would open up overnight just if people would consider that as a possibility. It would be a new a new period for humanity for sure for them to just consider that possibility. Anyway, right? Because you know, if you can accept it that it's happening on like a political level, an economical economic level, then you can open up and see that it's happening in science as well. Science and religion, like the most powerful forces in science and religion, do you, do you actually think that they've got it right? It's, they have That's some things right, right? But everybody, yeah, there's always truth right. mixed, truth mixed with lies everywhere you look, and you right. know, part of the one of the hard parts to overcome some of these situations is well, you know, this, this, and this are obviously true. Whatever you know, discipline or, or institution you want to talk about, sure they are. Mm -hmm. That, that, and that are not true. So where does that leave us? Right? This, the the whole thing isn't true or false. It's a mixture. And you know, I, right. I think that the ending, you know, the final conclusions that are drawn, if there's a mixture of truth and falsehood, ultimately leads to a false conclusion. Yeah. Right. You, you can't if you mix the two these false conclusions. You go ahead, Brett. No, I was just going to say, you, you can't arrive at an, a, a truthful conclusion if there's a bunch of falsehood mixed in with right. information that you think is true. Right. Right. Yeah, so if people stick with these um, uh, beliefs that, and just continue to believe, oh, yeah, no, 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 well, it's all true. Yeah, no, what the government tells me, that's true. What the scientific experts tell me, that's true. What the economic advisors who work for the Fed tell me, that's true, too. And that's just all true. Like, you're setting yourself up for being duped. Even if even if they think it's mostly true, that's harmful, right? It's yeah. it's not. I don't think there's anybody out there that thinks these institutions are always telling the truth. But they everybody's got their little spot where they go. Ah, yeah, I, I I'm with you on this particular subject or topic, but they're not. You know, most of the time they're telling us the truth, and I I think that most of the time they're lying to us. As hard a pill as that is to swallow, so. People could come around to that, accepting that possibility. There would be some openings, some some good openings. Even though it feels bad at first, it's actually oh well. Maybe if this organization is lying about this, then maybe this thing isn't true. Well, then that would mean right. There's there's some real positive situations that can come out of doing this introspection and just allowing the possibility to arise in your awareness. Right. Uh, shall we go on to the third one? Uh, what's that? 
Moon landing? Is that where you're at? Moon landing. Yeah, the moon landing. (laughs) Well, moon landing is a good one because uh, it's like, it's a fun one. So if you, and it's like, it's a, it's an enjoyable experience. Like if you want to flex your, uh, conspiracy muscles and like learn about something crazy where there's probably a huge lie. I mean, this is a fun one and you know, you're not going to get uh, too bad of feelings from thinking about it, but here we go. So I guess the summary of the conspiracy is, uh, well, there's different layers to it, right? But the summary of the conspiracy is that it's just a hoax, right? Um, and all you really need to do in my, in my opinion, to come to that conclusion is just watch it. Like just, just sit down and watch the footage just by yourself. You don't need to listen to any theory or anything like that. Like you just watch it. You're like, are you serious? Like, uh, you know, when you watch like a bad movie with bad CGI, you're like, that looks fake. Like, it's just the same experience. You're just going to look at it and be like, this looks fake. Like, you're like, wait, if doesn't the moon have low gravity so you could jump really high? Well, why don't they jump high? Like, why won't, hold on. When I slowed the footage down to half speed, why does it look like they're just running along in black and white? And then you look at the lander thing and you're like, whoa, whoa that thing is absolutely absurd. <laughs> uh, it's just all the things you look at are just like, I mean, that literally doesn't look like anything it looks like just a joke this looks like they put a it's like in diamonds are forever in james bond where they're just got an under uh you know enclosed area around the desert and just turn the lights to black and white and just filming it and then put it in half speed that's all it looks like what do you reckon about it brad you got some extra insights well, well i think it's a i think it was a tremendous uh production that it, it appears that Stanley Kubrick was uh, the mastermind of producing that footage. Uh, it was tremendous for its time, right? 1969. Think about that. Mm-hmm. Over 50 years ago that that went down. And uh, so from that aspect, I mean, they did as, as good as as good as they could have. And I think if I think for a lot of people who just went back, who actually, you know, are, let's say, over 60, and they went back and watched it, I don't know that they would arrive at the same conclusions you did because they remember it, right? They saw it happen. So the, for them to go back and watch it today, they would probably say, yeah, there it is. There's the moon landing. That's what happened. Yeah, I think it's the younger generation. Yeah, I think so. That's a good example of one. You know, someone younger like yourself uh, who never saw it in real time and, you know, only heard about it and then goes and looks at some of the footage. It, it looks pretty wonky, yeah, as you suggest. So yeah, they are the same much more open to that, uh, you know, conclusion that you're drawing. I mean, some of the things though, I think, you know, w- that you pointed out a few of these I- items that we said, what, what turned out to be, uh, not, not quite on the up and up, uh, was that, you know, for me, one of the big things is I think Buzz Aldrin is on tape at least three times telling people that they didn't go to the moon. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. You know, There's people you know, excusing that saying, oh, he meant this, he meant this. He's like, well, the truth is uh right we didn't go <laughs> right and then people are like oh he means this he means this uh, he definitely means this there's no way he he meant it that way but if you right. just listen to how he said it and just just think right. about it it's like holy crap he's like if freudian slipping big time over here or just admitting it 
No, I think he wants. Denial, I think, think it. I think he wants to say it. He wants to tell everybody, right? Yeah. But he's you know sworn secrecy, so he just mm -hmm. lets it slip from time to time. I think that you know when he told the little girl, like the little eight year old girl, uh, when she asked him the question, "Why haven't we been back to the moon?" and he says, "Well, I it's my question too because we never went." <laughs> he just comes right out and just blasts right out of his mouth, and you know, then he tries to kind of tiptoe around it. But yeah, that's pretty compelling to me that, you know, he would say that. And, you know, if, if he meant something different, then you would think he would hold a press conference and say, oh, I know people thought I meant this, but I really meant that. But that never happens, right? Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned the lunar lander is absurd uh, the, and the movements in your, uh, in your summary. But, you know, it's important to note that, you know, a lot of people say, well, why haven't we gone back in over 50 years? And that's- It would be so know, obvious now. The people, right? The, the, to pull off the ruse would be extremely difficult with all the, with the internet and the way uh, that uh, CGI and everything works today. So that would be a, a really difficult task. You know, the excuse is that they ran out of money. Uh, but you know, one of the, uh, and of course, one of the biggies for me is you know that they lost all the telemetry data, which is uh, they claim that they accidentally oh, yeah. taped over it. Now this is data. Oh, for, we taped over I think, five missions that they did, you know, so we don't have any, we can't look at the, you know, the information about how they were flying there and flying back and you know, how far they were from the moon at this time versus the earth at that time. Like all of it's just gone. They don't have any of it. So that's a, a dead giveaway, I think. Uh, and then of course there's the Gene Krantz admission on tape. He was the director of the show, if you will, in, uh, in Houston. And, you know, he, he says, you know, matter of factly, that they had training and simulation software. So you know, for that they went through for years before the final mission went off. But he said that, that the, the training and simulation software was so good that you couldn't tell the difference between it and the real missions that happened. Mm. So that's a really good example of he wasn't. He may not have been in on it, and all the guys working at the terminals that you know were cheering and whatever they think they're doing. They didn't have to be in on it because it looked real to them. Right? You follow? Right. Yeah, yeah. Look at the data. The data says they're there. <laughs> right. The data is, everything's going perfect to plan, right? Just like the simulation software, just like everything's supposed to be. It was all perfect. So, you know, we, we could go, I mean, we could go on and on and on about it, but we're just pointing out some of the key elements uh, that uh, make it seem fishy. Obviously, there's tons yeah. of pictures that aren't right, and the lighting's not right. You know, the flag thing, and you know, MythBusters busting the flag blowing thing, and you, you can go back and forth and back and forth. But I think we pointed out some of the most compelling items that uh, yeah make it look well. Right. I think I can oh, comment on that. Go ahead. So, like, you know, eventually, like these common things, like they stack up. Like you keep saying more, well, and look at this, and look at that, and look at this, and look at that, and look at this, and look at that, and eventually kind of starts to stack up someone's mind, maybe hits them in a point where they're like, hey, you know what? Yeah, you know what? I do have some knowledge about that one. Kind of make a good point there, but eventually eventually, it just gets to them. And then they're like, but wait, if it were true, that would mean that NASA just lied about it. Now you tell Russians and Russians are like, oh yeah, they probably did because Russians are like, yeah, because they lied because they wanted to say that they beat the Soviets, right? But it's a, it's a, right. no big deal. We tell Americans, it's like, it's heavier. Right? Very heavy.
Yeah. It's like, whoa, that would mean that NASA lied to us and they continue to do it. And the government here and Hollywood all agree with them and all just go along with this. And they say, it's true that we went to the moon when we didn't. And that sounds absurd, right? How the hell could that be true? How would you respond to that, Brad? Well, all, all of our content responds to that, right? There's a, this gets into a bigger discussion. We'll have to do a podcast on that later. Um, but the short answer is, yeah, they are lying to us, but not all the people that work for NASA are lying, right? Only the people in the highest levels are tasked with keeping this lie alive. And obviously the media is with them and the government and everybody else. You know, a lot of people um, speculate on what's going on. You know, NASA gets, I think, $81 million a day in taxpayer money. Think about that for a second. If they're not really doing all these- $81 million dollars a day? Right, space missions and ISSs and what, on and on and on, right? If, if all of that's bunk, where's all that money? It's like going? a billion a every two weeks. Yeah, I think I, I think it was, it's like around thirty billion a year is what, where they're at now. So, um, people have speculated that they're building underground, you know, breakaway civilizations with that money. You know, whether or not that's true, I have no idea. I can't I can't uh, speculate on that one way or the other. But that's one of the suggestions. But I mean, that is a ton of money. I mean, if if you if you just step back and think about what ha what has NASA really given us in their 60 or 70 years of being, you know, in, uh, in place. What have they really brought us? Uh, ceramics and Teflon. <laughs> tang. I think it was worth the money. <laughs> they brought us Tang, right? Oh no, yeah. what did I mean to say? An upside down writing pencil? Uh, right. pen. And then the joke is like the Russians use it a pencil. Yeah, the answer is for $30 billion a year for, you know, whatever. Obviously, they weren't making that much 10 years ago. I mean, but you, you get the you get the picture, right? We, mm -hmm. I think we can pretty safely say over the course of 70 years, they've managed to soak up in the neighborhood of a trillion dollars. And uh, right. what do we have to show for that money? Yeah, like literally Not in your life, like by your happiness, like look at your life, look at your happiness and try to attribute some of that to the money that was given to NASA. Figure that one out. <laughs> and you're going to be like, well, way off zero. course. So why do I pay taxes? <laughs> so yeah, but we're, this is just, let's stick to the moon landing because that's where we were at. But yeah, that's, that, this one's pretty obvious to anybody who's been in the conspiracy reality uh, research realm for a few years. It's a pretty easy one right. to, yeah, uh, easy. to show. We could have we given a thousand more examples of how we how we're sure of it as well but um so what have us conspiracy realists been saying for years or even decades we're, yeah we're trying to the same we, yeah well we just keep getting the same we keep putting the same answer down here over and over and over again right that there are right there's there's either too many people in on it or there are people in the highest positions of power that are right deliberately lying to us yeah and I guess one of our points is like, yeah, exactly. So stop just saying that to us as some <laughs> like in denial rebuttal and then walking away with your hands over your ears and just like, look at, look at that idea yourself and come to terms with it, please. Yeah. If nothing else, do, you know, do your own research. 
right? I, I think someday I'm, we may try to put do a podcast on my idea about two-sided experts, which I don't know that I can turn into a whole podcast, but at a minimum, I, I don't respect anybody's opinions anymore when all they know is they know they're an expert on one side of the discussion, right? They know right. all the pros about what they believe, but they don't know anything about what the other side's suggesting. They don't, they just, they, they wait, they hand wave it. Ah, it's just all a bunch of nonsense. Ah, they're just a bunch of conspiracy theorists. But you're like, no, they, they actually, those guys that make some really good points. And for you to hand wave them and say, it's all nonsense. I don't trust you now. So if anything, for people, you know, arm yourself with uh, the facts of both sides and then come to your own conclusion, right? But don't learn all the positive things about your side and all the negative things about the other side. Which is what most people do, right? They 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 learn the weakest points of their opponents' uh, arguments, and but they don't ever learn their strong points, and so it just makes them look flaccid, in my opinion. They're not worth listening to. Unfortunately, we have a you lot know, people, of going on. People are like, no, I heard uh, Lex Friedman uh, say that all the pro-Russia stuff is completely fake and wrong, and apparently, uh, the stuff against Russia is correct. So. That's a proven. That's a one-sided expert way of learning things. You just li go listen to your own expert on the other, give their remarks on the other side. So this is a real thing that happened, by the way. I just saw it and I was like, I can't believe this. <laughs> well, you know, if you if you take note, that's what the media does, right? The media's job I think, was supposed to be they present us this, you know, unbiased, impartial view of a topic, right? A controversial topic. Well, here's what this side says, and here's what that side says, and Right. We'll give you the, all the points and you guys, you, the viewer, can come to your own conclusions. But they don't do ever do that, do they? They tell us what's true and what's not true. Right. That's another word for propaganda every day of the week. We should be having collaborative, objective debates to determine truth. No, not like but whatever we got going on now with the media. Right. But instead, they censor the dissidents, and they tell us they're crazy, and they somehow or another get a pretty nice size portion of the population to believe them. Mm -hmm. As hard okay. as that is to believe. So, shall we conclude here? Indeed. Do you want to do, or do you want to do the three-step process first, or do you want to do the novel closing remarks first? Uh, well, I can do. Yeah, I mean, this is. I may have mentioned this earlier, but I, I talk about this often in our podcast. But you know, a lot of times people will also come to this kind of this conclusion of powerlessness, helplessness. Well, there's there's nothing I can. What can I do about this? I'm just a single person, you know, doing trying to get by, raising my family, etc. And I say the solution for us as individually is to become aware, at a minimum, that there might be some conspiracy realities going on out there. Uh, do your own research, come to your own conclusions. And after you become aware of these, that you spread the awareness that maybe some of the, one, you know, one of the harder things to do for people is to actually start telling friends, family, coworkers, et cetera, about what they discovered mm -hmm. uh, for fear of being mislabeled. But it's like, we're, ne we're never going to get anywhere if everybody's afraid to speak their truths and they just want to go along to get along. We're going to get trapped. Uh, we're going to stay trapped in this situation. So that's my point too. Become aware, spread awareness. And then the last one is to withdraw your participation in their offerings. So 
no, you know, you wouldn't, if you came to the realization that NASA was uh, not being truthful with us on any number of subjects, then of course you would never be interested in watching another space shuttle take off or right a video of the what the Hubble telescope was was drawing in and so forth. So you, again, you just pull out of what. Yeah, well, that's that's a harder thing than to do. But, but yeah, that's a subject we may get into some other time. But that's, that's it. Withdraw that. your participation. Turn off turn off the TV would be the number one way to withdraw your participation in their offerings. Mm. So that's my three-step process. <clears throat> uh, I think you'd better continue here with the novel closing remarks, sir. These are oh, going to be yours. All right. Guess this is all my stuff? Yep. Oh, right. So, I, I, you know, I just like to close with this idea that uh, if, believe it or not, the conspiracy theories that we covered today are, in my opinion, they're minuscule, almost insignificant in the grand scheme of things that are really going on today. <laughs> Excuse me. There are much bigger topics out there that are affecting our lives even more than what we talked about. And, you know, I mean, COVID was big in the sense that, uh, you know, it, it did harm a lot of people's lives and so forth. But, you know, it, it took 150 years of lies to get us to get that thing to go off. And that's mm -hmm. really the bigger, right? That's the bigger understanding is it wasn't just the COVID situation, but they, they had to pull off 150 years worth of lies to be able to pull off the COVID scam. So, for example, understanding that, 150 years of lies. And I'll just quickly say that those lies are something called germ theory. Without that lie going, they could have never pulled off what they pulled off. Um, yeah. Without a population that is like terrified of uh, invisible, invisible, uh, harmful things that they've never seen before. How are you going to convince them that there's a contagious virus? Right. Right. So, right, just an example of that there are bigger things that you can discover. Uh, another thing, point I wanted to make, though, is that it, this has happened to me at least twice. And so, I, you know, if people do get inspired to look into some of these things on their own and start sniffing around, don't uh, don't get too involved in it. Don't turn it into you, I, you're doing this all your waking hours worth of free time because it can be a real metaphysical energy drain. To go into some of these rabbit holes and uh, gonna make you feel really, really terrible for you know temporarily, but nonetheless, it's not rewarding in that sense. But it's to go at these at a comfortable pace, taking a little bit of information at a time at a time, excuse me, and you know, kind of see how the see the see if you can find the plus side to uh, the research that you've done. Because right? there's always a hidden gem there, there's always a silver lining that once you understand this particular topic. Now you can't be fooled again in the immortal words of the who, right? You won't be fooled again. And that, and that's about that ringing out right? in my head. <laughs> so that's, that's a huge, there's a huge positive. It's like, well, they're never going to trick me on this subject again, because now I see through it and you're empowering right. yourself by doing that. So, um, I guess this last point I wanted to make here is, you know, think about this as well compare, you know, what's in it. So maybe you have a conspiracy reality uh, person in your life. You know, what's in it for them lying to you versus what's in it for some authority or expert lying to you, right? Typically, you should be able to quickly arrive at the conclusion that there's nothing in it for your conspiracy reality friend or family member, almost nothing. I mean, obviously they want to win you over to their position, 
but there's no, you know, great. Well, there's nothing negative. Reward. That's what you're saying, right? There's no like selfish, self-absorbed payoff or anything like that, right? There's a good thing in it for them, but nothing negative. Right. And there's nothing some, against the, you. Usually, usually there's big monetary benefits for the authorities to be lying to you. Right. Whether that's taking your taxes or getting you on a prescription drug for the rest of your life or getting you into the, you know, to come in and pay the legal fees on this, that, and the other, whatever it is, right? There's some big financial gains for keeping the lie going. Yeah. So, I mean, think about like cholesterol tablets, right? So you go in, you, got high, you think you've got high cholesterol, and then the doctor says, you need cholesterol tablets and like calculate the total financial value that the big pharma corporations will receive for that. And then your conspiracy reality friend comes along and says, you know, I've heard that it's just a big pharma thing and you actually don't need that. And it's actually the, all this whole mind body stuff, blah, 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 blah. Calculate how much money they're trying to get out of you by telling you that. Probably zero. Probably just looking out for you. So right. be aware. I guess the moral of the story is cut some slack to the conspiracy reality uh, person in your life. And cut Brad maybe some slack, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brad's trying to help you. Yeah. 15 plus years. Uh, He'd been like doing I said, it I, I've gone down a few rabbit holes where I was, you know, sick for a week after after getting too deep into them. And I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. It was it was an awful feeling. So take them in stride. Take them uh, with, with a grain of salt. But at the end of the day, as I mentioned, if you can't be fooled again, that's the, that is some, you're taking one step further in taking your power back. You're making one stride forward in mm -hmm. regaining your power. You're not giving it away anymore to these supposed experts and authorities that are shoving what they call the truth down your throat 24 by 7. Right. So you want to close this out, Matt, with a little take your power back? Yeah, I mean, closing comments there's a whole conspiracy. growth thing happening here. Like, uh, you know, people who are people who are back at no, everything they say on the media and the government's true, right? About the COVID, it's the truth, and the government—they're the good people who help us, right? And we pay our taxes. Yeah, I pay forty percent to them, and they they help us, right? The government. Like, if if people who are there are disempowered like basically totally disempowered like disempowered to the point that their mind has been outsourced to authorities and even their labor has literally been outsourced to authorities as well so like on a grand scale and this is not just a few people this is more than half of people in the world on a grand scale there's like disempowerment so we have to take our power back uh one by one like each of us has to make the decision to take the power back take you gotta take the power back Okay, to do it, right? To be like, not um, just thinking what the authority tells me to think anymore and just living how you want to live and uh, knowing what is right and just all that good stuff, right? Yeah. Um, so if you want to get involved with actually making that change, look at the Take Your Power Back course and there's a good video on our site that explains it, what the whole process is like. You want to add something, Brad? Yeah, I just wanted to say that, yeah, just to build on what you were saying, is that if, if some great super benevolent leader suddenly took over the world, 
all it would all the only thing that would happen is that everybody would give their power to the benevolent leader because they haven't yet individually taken back their own power. So yeah, that's an important point. No matter no matter who's in charge, the, the greatest po politician of all time, who's you know ends ends wars and starvation and poverty, we're still going to be giving our power to this guy or or woman and. Right. That's not the, that's backwards. We have, that's why it has to be individually done by each of us one by one. There's no other way. And the people right. that don't or take their power back are always going to need this, this ruler leader personality in their lives to tell them what to do and what decisions to make and what's true and what's false. Right, right, right. So it that like is collectively, a, you finish. I was going to say that is a, a denial of reality. Because yes. nobody, nobody can tell you what's true. Only you can tell you. You are the final arbiter of truth. And you are the king of truth or the queen of truth. That's right. All right. Well, there you are. Good stuff. Good close. Take your power back. Thanks for uh, jumping in for another uh, doozy of a Mind Blown Zone podcast, Matt. And all the listeners, thank you for sitting through this hour-long uh, recording. We hope to see you uh, at our next podcast here in a week. Yep. Hope you all enjoyed it. I enjoyed doing it. Thanks, Brad, for your help as well. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Matt. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye.